Welcome to another episode of the Chill by Net podcast. This podcast is created for those who are passionate about their personal development, health, and well-being. This is a platform for you to come chill by my personal stories and weekly tips in becoming a better version of ourselves and to live a better present. But first, let's chill. My name is Jeanette. Welcome back. So we have come to the end of Series 1 and I just thought that it's about time that I dedicate a short episode to introduce myself and just, you know, to share a little bit more about myself and what I have discovered about myself in this journey so far. Since, you know, this whole series was, you know, centered around finding the self, so I just thought that, you know, it will be appropriate to, you know, introduce myself proper in this episode. Yeah, so I often find myself asking myself, um, what's the purpose of my life? You know, what do I live for? And it's not until this year that I think I can finally say that I've, you know, found a convincing answer, at least one that my heart agrees with. So I think, you know, nothing makes me more happy and nothing feels more liberating when I say that I live for authenticity and self-expression through self-understanding. And I'm also not afraid to, you know, express that I do have a very high innate desire for the world to recognize and appreciate the uniqueness that I have to offer to the world. So I guess, you know, everybody is different, right, in our own ways. But for me, I guess I just find a higher need to really embrace and, you know, highlight the difference in me. I mean, that's kind of me at this point of my life. You know, I do have a very strong desire for personal autonomy and self-expression. I think I really thrive in an environment that gives me the space to think and share my thoughts in a free-spirited way, you know, that is according to my values. I think this is one of uh, my revelations before I decided that I couldn't work in places with little room for self-expression, you know, regardless how good other factors may seem. I think the main thing is I need that space, you know, I need that um, freedom to be able to express. I just don't deal very well with rigid structures and, you know, a fixed way of doing things. So I think the biggest question here is, you know, have I found the self, right? So I think the journey to finding the self is going to be a never-ending journey. And I just see it as like a constant process where we will keep losing ourselves and probably, you know, keep finding ourselves again, you know. Because to me, you know, simply put, I just don't think that there is a real destination to self-discovery, right? I think it's just a constant journey where we just keep losing a bit of ourselves and then probably we just keep finding ourselves again. So rather than asking, have I found the self? I think the question to be asking is, you know, along this 27 years of my life, you know, how many times have I lose myself and find myself for the past 27 years of my living? You know, I think countless of times, but there is um, purpose and growth in all of those times which I've lost myself, you know, which had led me to the person I am today, including, 
you know, what had happened in the past year, I think was also one of the major times that I, you know, come to lose myself and find myself again. So on this note, I just also wanted to share um, a little story because this is not the first time that I've actually felt this way about losing the self. You know, there are many instances in between my life, you know, during my life that um, I felt that I wasn't sure who I am. And as far as I can recall, I think the very first time that I felt that I lost myself was actually at a very young age. I think it was when I was 14. I think that really forms a very big part of my identity and who I am today, right? So yeah, I clearly remember, you know, the very first time I lost myself was, I think, at the age of 14. Um, But to really speak about this experience, I think I really need to go back to the time where I was um, 10 years old, right? I think... um, So when I was 10 years old, my entire family actually moved to China. So when I was younger, I actually spent four years of my childhood in China. I left Singapore at the age of 10 and I went to China with my family um, due to my dad's work. So to be more specific, it's actually the um, Tianjin province of China where I studied in an international school, which to some extent I think it had kind of like opened up my world at a very young age. You know, I got to meet people from different cultures and, you know, different countries, which taught me the importance of being open-minded and kind of, you know, everyone is their own context with their own set of experience. And basically, you know, the entire school was just um, made up of international kids. There were no locals in that school, so that's why it's called international school, right? They also have an entirely like different education system because it was an American international school where they really place a huge emphasis on you know, um, character building. Um, it places a lot of emphasis on you know embracing differences. I think partly because the school was made up of people with so many different cultures, they just really have to be inclusive. And you know, English was the only language that we could speak because if we speak any other language other than English we would be sent to the principal office like it was a serious offense in my school because I think that was how um it was part of you know the school efforts to make everyone feel included you know it was a way to include everyone if not everybody would just be you know speaking their own language and it's not very nice if you know people I'm not able to understand what you're saying. Yeah, so I think on a side note, that was also where I developed my love for the Chinese culture. I think um, living in China allowed me to visit many different places. You know, during our school breaks or even weekends, I think my dad would just drive us around to visit different um, historical sites, you know. Um, Yeah, and basically just the opportunity to interact with the locals there as well. I've come to see that and learn that, you know, it's a beautiful country. So those four years of memories really do have a big place in my heart. And I think it kind of influenced my um, growing up process as well, because I think it played a really, really big part because of how it had broadened my world at a really young age, right? 
so the point of saying this is not only that, you know, I just also wanted to um, share this story because I wanted to share that, you know, the first time that I ever felt that I lost myself and somewhat faced an identity crisis was at the age of 14 when my dad decided to move back to Singapore due to my grandmother's health condition, you know, back then. If not, we probably would still be there, right? So to be honest, it was one of like the most difficult periods of my life. You know, I think even my parents didn't know about this, you know, but even sharing this now is a bit scary for me, you know, even though it's been um, 12 years, but I still remember every single bit of it, you know, very clearly, even till today. Like, all that I was feeling within me was something that I didn't have the courage to see and face only until I became an adult. And I only wanted to share this because it forms such a big part of my identity that I felt the discussion around the self wouldn't really be complete if I didn't expose this side of me and what I have been through as a kid. So whatever I'm going to be sharing, you know, really did form a big part of my identity, you know, and um, it was also part of the reason why I came to place such an important emphasis on self-identity and also emotional well-being today. So as far as I could recall, you know, when I came back to Singapore, um, I was just basically slot into a secondary school near my house because I was just 14 back then. And when... I got placed into a secondary school. It was the middle of a school term, right? So I did face a bit of um, difficulties assimilating back to Singapore's education system. But that wasn't the main point, right? I think it's normal that with any kind of move um, from schools to schools, um, you know, country to country, you will face a bit of um, uncomfortableness and, you know, discomfort because ultimately it's a new place. You have to meet new people, new students, um new teachers, right? So I think to some extent, it was normal for me to have that kind of uncomfortableness um, when I had to kind of restart my life. I have to kind of um, form new friends, get used to, you know, a new system altogether. But, you know, um, it was not just that, okay? Um, there was something more specific than that. So as far as I could recall, you know, when I came back to Singapore, I did face quite a bit of, you know, difficulties. I did face quite a bit of, you know, I don't know what to call it, you know, discrimination or what, but what I knew for sure was I was going through an identity crisis, okay? Because everybody thought that I was a Chinese nationality. Like, no matter how I explained that, I'm a Singaporean, I'm a Singaporean who left Singapore at the age of 10, I lived abroad for four years and, you know, come back to Singapore. You know, nobody can really grasp that concept that I am a Singaporean. But instead, you know, everybody thought that, you know, I was a Chinese nationality. Because I think for some reason at that young age, I think probably because it was also 12 years ago, you know, expat moves and, you know, moving overseas wasn't really a common thing. I think nobody could really comprehend my situation. And I knew this from the way, you know, people responded to me. So nobody seemed to understand, you know, what does the term international school means. You know, everybody just thought that, you know, I'm a Chinese national. And not that I have anything against Chinese nationals. Like, 
that's the last thing that's on my mind but it's more of like I felt so so misunderstood right that nobody could see things the way I do and at the same time you know I just felt that my identity was kind of like stolen away from me right because yeah I was just being perceived like really differently by others and I think to some extent it was also because um I looked different I had really fair skin because of the weather conditions in China and I kind of spoke English differently as well with an accent because I studied in an American international school where students are mostly international so I guess like I was just the way I behave was really different as well you know perhaps I acted more openly and I was just more daring to express because ultimately I started in an international school where everybody was just really more open and friendly right so anyway I was just really not well received by people when I came back because everybody just saw that I was really different and because of how I was perceived as really different and you might be wondering of course you know what's so bad about being different right I mean I had came a long way before I saw being different as something that is unique right but when I was younger I hated being different especially at the age of 14 because being different means that I'll get called names I'll get mocked at right so you know people started calling me names and telling me to go back to my country and I don't belong here you know they even mock at me with a Chinese accent you know and I still clearly remember that my literature teacher he questioned me in front of the entire class you know asking if I could understand English you know how humiliating that felt so it was really like one of like my most difficult periods like back then I was 14 I would cry a lot by myself as a kid in secondary school and I think to some extent that really affected me a lot I used to be someone who is so so confident right but ever since I came back to Singapore at the age of 14 I just felt that you know my self-identity was denied and basically I just didn't know who I was anymore to some extent so you know like if people did not believe that I was a Singaporean I also start to come to believe that you know I'm not a Singaporean you know the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy was really evident here like whatever people perceive me as and what people think I am I kind of like project those perceptions onto myself as well so I also came to believe you know I'm not a Singaporean at a very young age so I really identify with the fact that I'm a Singaporean a lot lesser because of um, how powerful these perceptions can sometimes be, right? You know, how much power they have over you, especially at such a young age, right? And it's so weird because when I'm abroad, I felt that I was so, so proud of this identity of mine. You know, when I'm in China, I just felt really proud to be a Singaporean. I really identify with, you know, my nationality. But when I'm in my own country and when people of my own nationality treated me like that, you know, to some extent, I just didn't feel like I could ever associate with this identity anymore, even though I want to. Like, I was just kind of not allowed to, right? And even teachers, you know, adults right you know label me as the one from china like i don't think they do it purposely but it's just for ease of identification but they do not have any idea how much these you know 
way of identifying me out of convenience, right? How much impact that has actually brought to me, you know, how much that had affected the way I look at myself. They did not realize how much that insensitive words had shaped my development as a kid, right? It really affected my self-image, my self-perception. And I guess I was just really young back then, you know, I didn't have the power nor the maturity or any strong sense of self like how I do right now to kind of, you know, really separate people's perception of who I am and what I really am, right? So I guess when I was that age, all I cared about was being accepted. You know, all I wanted to be was to be accepted by my peers, by my classmates, right? And to be honest, I just really, really hated myself and I know at a point of time, all I wanted to do is to hide this part of my identity so bad that people would just stop seeing me as different and people would just stop discriminating me and stop calling me names. Yeah, and to some extent, I was really bullied in class. Um, The worst thing was my hair was being cut as well during one of the Chinese lessons, right? And yeah, I think... um, This is something that even my parents are not aware of that has happened to me. Like, I faced, I think, one whole year of, like, bullying until, you know, when I was 15, I finally had the chance to really um, change my class. I managed to change my class and, you know, escape from those bullies. But, you know, even since then, it really had impacted me. I felt that, you know, um, I just kind of seldom ever mention this part of my identity to anyone that I met after that because of how I've associated this identity, this part of me as being different, this overseas experience as something that would get me to be outcasted and, you know, to get me to be disliked. So I always, always hide this part of me. It has always been hidden within me, even throughout... um, junior college right yeah it was something that I feel so ashamed of or rather ashamed of it was just something that I was really fearful to share with other people because this is exactly the thing that got me bullied in secondary school and yeah at a point in time I really didn't have the power to stand up for myself back then right I really didn't I just kind of um, saw this entire you know four years of experience overseas as a flaw in me and I just kind of also resented my parents I didn't understand why they have to send me to China and then send me back to face all this shit right I mean I love my experience in China you know but I kind of grow to hate it as well when I came back to Singapore because of what I've been through so it was not until my university days where I took psychology you know it was one of the best decisions I've made of my life right, to take up psychology as one of my majors because it had really changed my perspective about life. It made me understand so much more about human behavior and what I had been through as a little girl back then. So I've come to learn that I was in fact going through an identity crisis, right, a rather bad one, and it was extremely, you know, impactful for my personal development because it had happened at a stage where my identity and all was still forming, right? I mean, if it happened maybe when I was 20 years old, you know, it might not be that detrimental. But because 
it had happened at the age of 14 during one of my early teenage years. I think it really affected my, my developmental process, right? So I guess it was kind of like a trauma for me back then. So thinking back, right, I really hope that I could stand up more for myself and saw that what I had been through was a unique part of me, right? It was what made me who I am today. It's because of that experience that I am someone who can be so open-minded, you know, I am someone who is tolerant of differences and various cultures, you know, but as much as I kind of feel this way now, I think back then when I was just a 14-year-old kid, I have to say that it's definitely almost near impossible for me to even, you know, have the slightest thought about that because I was just a kid, right? I mean, just because at an age all I wanted to do was to fit in and to be liked by everyone else and most importantly to be accepted, I guess I just didn't have that maturity and that capability to actually have all these thought process. But of course, you know, as I get older with more maturity, I was able to see things from you know, a different perspective. So now I really value that part of my experience and I can kind of see how that kind of made me into the person I am today with all that positive traits and all that. But back then I really, really um was really affected by it. And yeah, I think a lot of um, my energy in the past was actually spent, you know, hiding this part of myself that I really also didn't have that much energy to really focus on my studies. And yeah, it was really, really exhausting. Yeah, it was really, really, really um, exhausting for me. Yeah, so it was really one of, you know, a major moment of my life where I felt like I've lost my sense of self and, you know, self-worth. Not to mention there are so many, so many other smaller and not so major times in between as well that I felt that I constantly lose myself. Um based on, you know, painful experiences, based on how um, people treat us, you know, but that's how we actually find ourselves as well, right? Because we emerge as stronger individuals as compared to before. And each of these experiences, you know, for me right now, are just nothing more than, you know, great stories to tell other people, you know, as a way of introducing myself to others. I think this is something that I might, you know, bring up during one of my conversations. So, I mean, not very long ago, these memories are still filled with a lot of resentment and they do affect me. But I realize that as I get older, I think they really do fade away with time and, you know, eventually just um, become part of my stories to tell as part of, you know, introducing the self. And I believe that the self is constantly changing and being shaped by new experiences, you know, be it um, happy ones or painful ones. I think it makes it just makes our life more unique in our own way. But of course, I think it's not easy to see this until, you know, sometime later. But I have been learning to, you know, embrace all that, you know, I've been exposed to along the way as part of shaping me into who I am. And I am really, really excited to see where this path will continue to lead me to. So with this, I genuinely hope that you had enjoyed this first series of Chill by Net and it had helped you to be more confident in finding your own path and gave you the courage to move towards the direction of greater fulfillment. Thanks for chilling in. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to subscribe. You can also connect with me on Instagram at chillbynet on my website chillbynet.com to join the conversation and assess our show notes. Have a great day and we'll chill again very soon.